1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. Jet fans rejoicing everywhere. We may have something else to rejoice about as New York sports fans a little bit later on as well. We'll keep an eye on the Knicks and Cavs. Knicks trying to make it a uh, historic day for them as well with a potential series win here in the first round, which has not happened nearly enough over the course of, uh, you know, the last 20 years or so. Anthony is calling from North Carolina. What's up, Anthony? Sal, what's up, buddy? What's up, Ant? How are you? I'm
1: amped up, my man. Down here in North Carolina, I'm a transplant from New York. And like you said... Bullied and beaten, bro, and I'm sick of it. But you guess what? I never gave up. I'm like, that's what you get up and like, okay, all right, fine. Like, I I got my Sauce gardener jersey for Christmas last year. I'm ready to go. And then now this is another Christmas, present. I got
0: Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? No, this let's, is as good as it gets, and
2: yo, let let's go. J E T
0: S -S. S Jets 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 Jets. Yes Yeah How about Aaron Rodgers too? Did you hear him shouting out Fireman Ed today? Oh Oh Man Well You You Know What The One
1: Thing I, I I Watched The Press Conference. It was kind of funny when uh, Woody Johnson, he was like, are you supposed to shake my hand? Did you see that
0: part? I heard beginning? it. No, I. so it, it sounded awkward to me, and I'll tell you what else was awkward. I heard it <laughs> driving in. I didn't get a chance to actually see it. But Woody Johnson was saying things like waiting for an applause, and then he goes, you guys can applaud there. And it's like, hey, hey. So what, what, happened, what happened with the handshake?
1: I, so Aaron was like sitting at the desk. And Woody just walked away, and Aaron goes, oh, Aaron, you supposed to, like, shake my hand or something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good for See, Aaron. We, Call him out. You should. That's right. And by the way, who should be applauding? Like, I don't understand that. Isn't it a – I mean, isn't it media members? Why are media members applauding this? It was so awkward. I thought, Woody, I thought Woody made it
1: awkward. I'm down here 500 miles away watching this, and Woody Johnson can't shake the guy's hand. Like, for, I, I would have freaking given him a damn bear hug. Like, are
0: you kidding me? Like – yeah, really? I don't know. Right? <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know man. But right. Bear hug, give him a big kiss as well. I mean, <laughs> but look, Rodgers and Rodgers talked about how Robert Sala is an alpha. Well, Aaron Rodgers is an alpha as well. He's a guy that's completely comfortable in his own skin. He's secure with himself, doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Those are all important things that you want to have. Oh, and by the way, he's one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks the sport has ever seen.
1: Uh I'm i I'm. Th- I just turned 39 uh, last month, and like I, I've seen nothing but pain. Come on, guys! Like for oh, uh, I, I'm feeling good for once. For once, I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, as you as you should, Anthony. And thank you for the call, Jeff. Fans everywhere should be feeling great about this. It's a historic day. The idea of what you had to give up to me means nothing. It's what you got. If they said, and this is how you know it's great, at least in my mind. If the Packers came to you and said, we're going to need another first-round pick. Forget about the circumstances where you didn't have to do that, obviously. But as far as just pound-for-pound pound value, they said, we're going to need another first-round pick, and you could have Aaron Rodgers. You do it. You do it because it's Aaron Rodgers. You do it as a Jet fan. That's what makes this trade to me and this day to me special and historic. Because you have... The opportunity now to be in that conversation, and we talked about it before, with the odds where the Jets would have been pre-Aaron Rodgers to where they were afterward. Where they're in, okay, top six. So big deal. Think about this now. The knock on the Jets is that, well, they're not as good as Kansas City or Cincinnati. Maybe not as good as Buffalo. Like, that's the knock. Well, they're not Burrow or Mahomes. Yeah, okay. Who is? Nobody in the NFL is. Not the Eagles. Not anybody in the NFC. And, I mean, that's it. Those are the two premier teams. All right, so the Jets aren't at that level, but they're right there. Right there underneath them. If you are a Jets fan, it really doesn't get better than this until on-field success into the deep levels of the playoffs. But when you acquire, I don't care what franchise you are, what sport it is, when you acquire a superstar of this magnitude, a sports god, there are very few people that I would label a sports god. Aaron Rodgers is one of them. And he has a chance, and he knows it, which is even more special because I always wondered to myself, do these guys know how important it is to win here? What the difference could be if you win here, whether it's taking, and it's a little different obviously with the Yankees because that's a team that has had great success. But still, if you win a championship with the Yankees, you're going to go down in lore as, you know, a champion with one of the, the premier franchises in all sports, if not the premier franchise in all sports. But what about taking a team like the Mets, who hasn't won since 86, and bringing them to the promised land? What about taking the Knicks? That's why we always got on KD, because he was too dumb to realize what it would have meant to win in New York. How special that would have been. And it's not the same with Brooklyn. and That's not New York not as far as sports goes, maybe geographically, but not as far as sports go. If you come to the Knicks and build them into a winner, you're going to be a New York sports god. Look at Mark Messier. Look at guys who have delivered here. Look at the 86 Mets. Especially for the teams that haven't won much. And Rodgers has that opportunity. You know, if he would have come to the Giants, let's say, and won a Super Bowl with the Giants, it would have still been great. It would have been a New York sports guy. A little different, though, doing it with a franchise that has had more success. When you do it with a team like the Jets or the Knicks or the Mets, those teams who haven't won in forever, it means a lot more. And Rodgers knows he's got that opportunity. That's what makes this opportunity different for him, special for him. We he already won in a spot where, look, they have great history in Green Bay. A storied franchise, one of the top storied franchises in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. But it's different in New York. You're competing with the multiple teams in this town, the biggest market, the biggest media market, the most passionate fan base. It's different. So even for a guy who had all the success, as far as winning a Super Bowl, having the individual accolades with the MVPs, all of that stuff. He's got a chance to do something different and special. And by the way, same thing with LeBron. LeBron had that chance to do it in Cleveland, and he did it in his hometown. That's where he became a sports god, where he won in Cleveland. But he could have come to New York and win here. Or, you know, if he won here, he would have been on that level as far as the New York sports guys go. Those top guys that we remember and appreciate forever. Even guys that don't win. You know, John Stark still gets standing ovations at the Garden for playing the way that he did. What will Aaron Rodgers' legacy be here? We know what it is in the grand scheme of the NFL. We know what it is when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. What will it be here in New York? Something that means a whole hell of a lot. That's what we concern ourselves with now. And if you're a Jet fan, the opportunity to sit back, week in, week out, and know that you can enjoy football for a change. Instead of being aggravated, now look, there's going to be tough losses. Just like we're experiencing now in the postseason with, you know, you get these playoff series. Every loss hurts a lot more than a regular season, but this is what it's all about, the playoffs. So the Jets are going to have, they're going to be more relevant. They're going to be in the postseason. The losses, when you get to that level, they hurt more, but... It's different than being beyond frustrated with the ineptitude of an organization that can't seem to get out of its own way. Mike is calling from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What's up, Mike?
3: Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Mike? I just just want to say this is going to be one great season for the Jets, I wasn't sold on Aaron Rodgers until today and that press conference. And with him talking about the Super Bowl, I could see the fire in his eyes. And I just cannot wait for this season to start. I'm in Pennsylvania here, so I'm not able to get the games. I bought the Sunday ticket, and it is go- I am going to sit there every Sunday and watch the Jets win, uh, you win, the, and
0: win. You already bought the Sunday ticket off of uh, YouTube? Yes, I did. Yeah, I got to order that because the deal was by May sixth, right? You got you got to get it before June sixth to get get oh, a hundred
3: to get a hundred uh, off. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to get
0: it anyway. I might as well get it. What package did you get?
3: I got the least. I got the least. Uh, uh, so you're, one.
0: Not, you're not doing YouTube TV. You're not doing the Red Zone. You're just doing the Sunday Ticket, which I'll we'll probably right, get as well. The, the Sunday Ticket, but the other package. Now, did you um, have did you have Sunday Ticket with DirecTV all those years? No, I did not. No. Wow. Well, I just moved. I just moved out here for um,
3: oh, okay, a, a year a year ago. Oh, okay,
0: so. so you just moved freshly, uh, freshly out yes, there. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm I got to bo- get on that. I got to get on it because I'm going to get it eventually. I might as well just do it now and save the hundred bucks. But yeah. But you have the right excitement, Mike. This is. I mean, this is special. And and remember, we were. It was not too long ago. And at least the Jets were respectable and competitive. That was the big word that I was using going into this year. You need the Jets to be competitive. Like NFL-level competitive, and at least they were this year, but now they go from that to this with Aaron Rodgers, where we expect it to be fun watching this team on a week-in, week-out basis with Aaron Rodgers now.
3: It's going to be spectacular, and I really hope that... I still like Zach Wilson. I know a lot of people do not like him, but I'm really hoping that you know, being from behind uh, Aaron Rodgers, he could pick up some maturity and understand. And and when Aaron does leave, that uh, Wilson could step in and step up to be the, the quarterback
0: that he is meant to be. My only issue with that, and thank you for the call, Mike. Appreciate you taking the time. My only issue with that is it's not about Zach Wilson right now. Now, yes, I think that for the organization, and we talk about building sustained success, the best possible scenario here is to win big now with Aaron Rodgers, however long that is, one, two, three years, and in the process, have Zach Wilson do what Aaron Rodgers did or Patrick Mahomes did under, you know, Mahomes did under Alex Smith and what Rodgers did under Brett Favre. Sit back, watch, and learn. Watch and learn, he says. Watch and learn, he says. Well, I was watching. Know what I saw? Well, in this case, you hope that Zach Wilson... Does what he should have done, and it's not his fault. It's the Jets organization's fault. They put him in a position to fail, and guess what? He failed. He needs to sit back, watch, and learn. And if he does that for a year or two, and look, the Jets don't have to pick up his fifth-year option. That would be foolish to do so. But they could still bring him back afterwards, similar to what the Giants did with Daniel Jones. But in this case, who was going to go out there and overpay for Zach Wilson? The the answer is nobody. So you're not going to get anything in a trade for him. You're not going to pick up the fifth-year option, but what you can do is develop a quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers. And then when Rodgers does decide to officially retire, whether it's at the end of two years, at the end of three years, you can transition potentially to Zach Wilson as his replacement. And there would be nobody better, assuming he learns from Aaron Rodgers in the next two years. You have two years of developmental for Zach Wilson. This is important, and he could be the guy to transition. Now, again, I don't know if that's going to be the case. That's what I would do because I still believe they have an NFL quarterback in there, and if not, then you move on, and they'll know with certainty what the next two years. You'll see the work that goes into it behind the scenes. You'll see what he could do, whether he gets in there in limited spots for whatever reason, maybe garbage time, maybe you know uh, Rodgers resting up to, uh, at the end of the season, whatever it may be. But there it's not about Zach Wilson right now. But it's nice to have that quarterback sitting there under control, knowing that you still could have potential to transition to him, a guy that you once thought was the franchise quarterback that you drafted number two overall, he may be eventually one down one day down the road. But now it's all about Aaron Rodgers. Joe is calling from Farmingville. What's up, Joe?
2: Hey, Sal, what's going on? How are you, Joe? Sal I got the chills, man. You should I was- I've been pumped for Rodgers since he's been the number one choice, and I love that the Jets went after the number one guy. They didn't settle for Derek Carr. They didn't go for any other half half quarterback. They went the full Monty with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I was a season ticket holder for ten years I, with the you know Mark Sanchez era, and. Your first two years, I had season tickets. It started out great, and been nothing to disappointment since. So, uh, and, just- and now, oh, yeah, I, now I, you
0: like- get this opportunity. And I think you bring up a great point, Joe. We talked about this at the time, but it's been so long you forget about it. Member fans were like, "Oh no, go get Derek Carr! You can't go all in for Aaron Rodgers." I'm glad that I said it at the the time. No, forget Derek Carr. He's a scrub in comparison to Aaron Rodgers. You go get the big fish. They did that. The Jets played this perfectly. We know it's all about Aaron Rodgers and rightfully so, but also the Jets organization, whether it's Woody Johnson, whether it's Joe Douglas, they all deserve a ton of credit, Robert Sala, for the way that they handled this from the get-go. Whoever's decision it was to say, no, we are going all in. We want Aaron Rodgers. Sink or swim, succeed or fail, we are going after the guy in Aaron Rodgers, and they got him.
2: And they they got Hackett, too. Yep. And that, that was a clutch move for them. Bringing him in, we all said, oh, hopefully this works. And it did. And now he can finally enjoy some Jets football on Sundays.
0: Correct. Win or lose, it's going to be enjoyable, Joe. And thank you for the call. And I know it sounds crazy. Like, obviously, you lose. It's not really mm-hmm. enjoyable. But you know, look, I've always said this, and it pertains to any sport, any fan base. The greatest thing that you can ask of an owner, of the team that you root for, is to do whatever they can to put that team in a position to compete for it all in baseball you could ask the Mets and Yankees to go out there and put their team in a position to compete for the World Series both of those teams have done that in the NFL all you could ask for is the Jets and Giants to put their teams in a position obviously it's a little different with the salary cap and all that stuff but still all you could ask for is a team that puts their puts themselves in position to go compete to win a Super Bowl the Jets have now done that they've entered the conversation And they did it by being aggressive, going after one of the top quarterbacks in the league that was, fortunately for them, available. This doesn't happen very often. When you get an opportunity to go out there and get one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league, you do it. And to their credit, they did it despite Derek Carr and all that other nonsense. Remember, too, at the time, we talked about them firing Lafleur, the way that they handled that, as kind of a mistake. Why are they doing this now? Why are they taking away Salah's right-hand man? Well, now we know why. Because they had one vision. Aaron Rodgers. That was their vision. And once they hired Hackett, you know, I didn't... The only time it hit my radar where the antenna went up the first time was when the Packers said... They will not trade him to an NFC team. Well, once that happened, I went, and I think I literally did this. I went, huh, okay. Because there was some talk about it, but I was like, come on. He's not going to the Jets. But once the Packers said, we're not trading him to an NFC team, I said, huh, okay. This got interesting. Maybe this is a realistic possibility. Then they hired Hackett, and then it was like, well, now it's happening. I don't see any way he goes anywhere else. Why would he go play for the Raiders? You do the math, which I was doing, using some common sense. There was no other spot Rodgers could go in the AFC that made more sense than the New York Jets. NFC, you want to tell me the Niners, of course, you know they're more of a ready Super Bowl contender. In a weaker NFC, plus a team that's been better than the Jets have been, that one was a no-brainer. But once they said they're not trading him in the NFC, the Jets became the obvious landing spot. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Salakata on the fan. Talking Aaron Rodgers and what a historic day it has been for the New York Jets. Will it be a historic day for another team in town? We'll get to that. What's up with the Mets? Ooh, I'm not watching the Mets. You have the two TVs in there, right? Or you just have one TV in there? I do go- have
3: the two TVs. I actually just switched off the Mets and I threw on
0: the Lakers game real quick. Oh, okay, are the Mets losing still? I have not been able to watch that game. I'm watching the Knicks in here as we talk Aaron Rodgers. Knicks off to a terrific start in this game. Anyway, we'll talk both Mets and Knicks. Mets are losing, though? The Mets are still losing. It's, it's to two the Nationals. To I mean, come on, dude. You can't lose to the Nets. The Yankees had a nice bounce back win today. Finally, the Bats awoken. Uh, in Minnesota with a big-time performance from the offense, scoring 12 runs with only one home run. Glaber Torres with a homer. Anthony Volpe, Aaron Judge, driving in three runs apiece. Rizzo had a couple of RBI. So for the Yanks, it was a necessary performance to avoid the sweep to the Twins. How pathetic is that? The first time they actually lost a season series to Minnesota since 2001. 2001! Wow! Anyway, the Yanks avoid the sweep and get a... A, a nice win and a much-needed performance from that offense, although there was a scare in that game with Aaron Judge sliding headfirst in a third base, hurting his arm a little bit or sliding awkwardly, getting his arm caught, and you know coming up a, a little bit lame there, but he did stay in the game. Boy, that is, I'll tell you, that was a scary sight. Just when you're starting feeling good, Yankees getting some runs going, you see Judge have that issue, and you're thinking, uh-oh. But luckily judge is okay. 877-337-6666. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up Val?
4: Good night, Sal my man. How you doing? Now, where you minute.
0: where you been, man?
4: Where have I been? I'm in the same place, bro. I'm still talking to people of the overnight. It's you that moved. And, yeah, that and is to your true. credit. To your credit. The only difference is, you know, it's still the still the same wise and sage
3: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without autopay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com voice it's
4: just your breaks are longer now because I got more ads, I guess, in this time slot than you do in the overnight.
0: That is true. More See? commercials here on the uh, than, than we have in the overnight, which keeps me fresh. Yeah, and, I make- and I'm awake, actually. You're listening to me. This is what I sound like doing a show that's awake.
4: Yeah, y'all making more money and selling more stuff. Good yeah. for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, Well, not but, um, me. I'm making the same, FYI. But anyway.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but what I wanted to say, man, I'm standing up outside my building right now with my dead starter jacket on, bro. I have not. I Yesterday when I went to work, I had it on. Came home from work, I almost wanted to go to sleep in it. Got up this morning, <laughs> reached in the closet, pulled it out, and put it back on again. Everywhere I'm going for the rest of the week, I'm going to have this on. But, um... What I wanted to say was a couple of things I wanted to get into, but before I get into that, I wanted to say thank you, Sal, because and and I think you owe me a little bit of a thank you too, because you kept me off the ledge all the time. I kept calling you and saying I was getting antsy. I need this to happen. Why is it taking so long? You kept saying, "Val, just hold the course. You're gonna get your guy. You're gonna get your guy." And and I feel like I did the same thing for you with the Mets because a couple weeks ago you were you know you were ready to say that the season was over. Yeah, (laughs) and I kept telling you out now nah, y'all go on that road trip by the time you come back you're gonna be good and you see you good i mean you, you're losing right now but it's one game but but you're good y'all look a, uh, so different
0: well no the, but, the the mets have been better here val i gotta either let you go or put you on hold because we have a guest calling in that i was waiting to so you you're more than welcome to hold and we'll get back to you if not if you get a call back later you could do that as well but we we're supposed to have michael jr on a little bit earlier we welcome him in right now michael jr of course analyst for DraftKings, and this on the heels of the NFL Draft taking place tomorrow night. But Mike, I do want to start first of all. Thank you for taking the time to call. We appreciate it. I do want to start with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Your thoughts on this historic day for the New York Jets, getting Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback?
5: i You know what? I can say I'm glad that there's like the excitement in the voice there because I know for a lot of people, I'm, I'm great friends with Stu Gotts, noted Jets fan over on the Levitard Show, and he always immediately goes to the place of assuming, hey, this can't last forever and something bad's going to happen. Like, it's okay to feel good about this. The Jets have a future Hall of Famer playing quarterback for him coming off of last season where the defense gave you so much confidence. So uh, it's it's incredible. This is a major moment. It's exciting to see this franchise take this big swing with a guy who, listen, is only a year removed from back-to-back MVP. So there is absolutely a lot to be excited about. But now also the clock starts because we know this is, you know, at best right now a two year experiment that you maybe hope goes for more. But that's all you can count on at this point. Yeah,
0: you know, Mike, it's funny because I was saying, I look, I don't understand it. I, I'm in New York my whole life, living with New York sports and all that stuff. I don't understand how this can be looked at in a negative way whatsoever. And I don't even understand the logic of, well, if they don't win the Super Bowl, or get to a Super Bowl, it's a failure. No, you just acquired Aaron freaking Rodgers. It's a success. I would have given up another first-round pick if I had to. Look at the quarterback play this team has had historically, specifically the last 13 years. You're telling me you wouldn't be beyond thrilled that, Aaron Rodgers is now in the building. I mean, this is a great day. Well, I completely agree. And listen, the idea that a Super Bowl is the metric, right?
5: Like, it's Super Bowl or bust. Certainly, that's the goal. That's why you do this. But you're paying him to get close. You paid that premium to get close. And right now, the Jets have an opportunity in the most competitive half of football, right? The AFC is a juggernaut. It's full of all these great quarterbacks. We know all of that. But you need a guy that's going to have you in the conversation to get you in the dance. And the way the AFC East is situated right now, listen, Buffalo in the back half of last year started looking more flawed than we've been prepared for in a while. We know the Patriots are in a different mode right now. We know the Dolphins. Who knows if Tua Tungabailoa is going to be able to stay healthy? And so with the expanded playoffs, you just got to get to the dance. And then this is the NFL. It's who's healthiest at the right time is going to make it. But if you've got one of the difference makers at quarterback, you're in a better position than ninety percent of the league, and that's where the Jets find themselves.
0: Yeah, he put them in the conversation. Whether they win, you're right. It's so foolish. Like obviously, the goal is to win the Super Bowl, but that's how you're going to measure if the Jets this trade was a success or not. I mean, give me a break. It's hard to do that. You know what, what is Joe Burrow a failure because he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet? I mean, give me a break. At some point. You know, you have to understand that this is going to be about the, the the ride as well, the journey. And I hate to sound corny because I hate that phrase, but <laughs> but Jet fans who haven't enjoyed anything, Mike. I mean, think about this. They haven't enjoyed – they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. They haven't enjoyed anything since Super Bowl 3 You're not going to enjoy having Aaron Rodgers and Alpha Male in your building where now the Jets can be the hammer for a change? My goodness. Well, and I think
5: fans of organizations, you just want to see your team trying, right? There's somewhat fr- franchises that see their teams cycle through anonymity, take low risks, low stakes risks. And even the Jets, they tried to do it through the draft. They took a big swing on the high-end capital-wise with Zach Wilson. But there's a difference of going out and ponying up for a known commodity like this and doing what it takes to get it over there. So I always think as a fan myself and someone who enjoys watching sports – I like pe- seeing people actually go after it and not just sit there and go down with the bat on their back.
0: Agreed, go for it. And none of this Derek Carr stuff. None of this wait and see. Go all in for Aaron Rodgers. They did it. They got him. Now we get to watch and see what the results may be. We're talking with Mike Golick, Junior DraftKings analyst. How about this draft tomorrow, Mike? You know, I, I just started looking at it over the last couple of days here, which is different for us in New York because it used to be, oh, the Jets and Giants both picking in the top five. What's it going to be? That's not the case this year. After their successful years last year. But how about this draft overall, where it seems to be that there's a lot of unknowns, certainly even at the top of this draft?
5: Yeah, it's been amazing watching what we've done with this quarterback class, right? You're hearing in the news cycles just starting really this week, people already pointing out, well, you look at next year and what we've got with the quarterbacks that are getting ready to come out right now, right? Reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Drake May at North Carolina. Always talking about, you know, these guys saying they'd be one and two this year. This is how we talked about this quarterback class last year, right? Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are two of the best we've had come out in a long time as far as not only accomplished college players, but legitimate NFL talents anthony Richardson's doing things cam newton never thought of physically will levis was thought of in that same vein and we found a way to see make this into more of a question mark than an exciting prospect of having a draft where we get to talk about this many quarterbacks on the top end like listen are we lacking in some certain areas outside of that there's not really dominant outside receivers in this draft outside of the top couple of edge rushers there's a few more question marks but we got four quarterbacks, maybe even five, that could sneak into the first round of the draft, and that creates all of the movement and potential trades that, to me, make draft night the most enjoyable.
0: Is it, Mike, the Texans that hold basically all the cards to this draft? Are we assuming that the Panthers at this point are going Bryce Young?
5: yeah i think that's pretty fair to assume at this point the texans are the wild card and they've been the ones trying to throw up the most smoke around this situation right because while most of us assume and say hey you're the texans you need a quarterback this is no disrespect to davis mills and what they tried to do last year in a two quarterback system but it had you within earshot of the number one overall pick so clearly if you've got the opportunity to make a major upgrade you need to take that opportunity but we've seen the campaign against C.J. Stroud, whether it's the weird S 2 scores or talk about his character, all that seems designed to try and deflate the value of a player that we expected would be off the board early. So whether Houston decides to, now it sounds like, not even take Will Anderson, the guy who's been the consensus best edge prospect in the draft, but Tyree Wilson, who is a certified freak show out of Texas Tech, they're going to be the first major chaos agent. And then it's Arizona and then Indianapolis, to me, two, three, and four become a fascinating exercise in who's holding the cards closest to the vest and who's going to drop the biggest hammer when it comes to draft day of those
0: three teams and maybe the Colts lock out because the Colts obviously in the market for a quarterback so if picks two and three are defensive players then the Colts will get their pick a quarterback outside of Bryce Young what would you do though Mike evaluating this draft the way that you have what would you do at number two if you're the Texans you take a quarterback there you trade down you take a defensive player what would you do?
5: I take CJ Stroud. I take the quarterback there. I mean, you can make an argument CJ Stroud could be the safer number one pick just because he's got the size that Bryce Young lacks. And he's also operated in an offense with NFL traits, been throwing to NFL receivers and hey, listen, can do everything accuracy wise, arm strength wise, and as we saw towards the end of the season, is mobile enough to get you out of trouble that would warrant a top end pick like that. Because we know in a league now. Where offenses are meeting college quarterbacks halfway more than ever. Chance to get these guys on the field and help erase some of the, we'll call it lack of talent at other positions on your offense, to have a quarterback that can overcome that is special. And I think it's what you need from young players more now than ever. And C.J. Stroud's got that. And so I would draft the quarterback there, and I would begin rebuilding the rest of your roster with D'Amico Ryans at the helm, having that most important question answered.
0: How do you look at the other quarterbacks, whether it's Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, who there's been some talk about him going first overall? How do you rank the other quarterbacks?
5: I would, so I would go Bryce Young off top. CJ Stroud at two. And then after that, if I'm going to draft the guys that fall, I'd say more under the project label, right? I think they both defy that a little bit. But I would go Anthony Richardson first just because the set of gifts are so special. And he gets that label raw. So does Will Levis. But I think for both of them, CJ, or excuse me, Anthony Richardson does some things naturally in the pocket already at a level that's far cleaner than some of the other toolsy guys that we usually see coming out of the draft. And the skill set is so elite and the gifts are so special. I'd want to see what I could do with that as I'm the coach. Because remember, he's only started 12 games. This was part of the appeal of Trey Lance, too, that's been undone by injury, is you've got really a, a, an open ball of clay to mold in your image if you're a coach. And then with Will Levis, he's been running NFL offenses for the last two years. Going back to when Liam Cullen, who was with the Los Angeles Rams before that and after la- 2021, He was running that kind of stuff, the offense that we see all over, the Shanahan-McVay stuff. And so he's got experience doing pro things already with a really elite physical skill set that I think is also enticing if you're an NFL head coach.
0: We're talking with Mike Golick, Jr., DraftKings analyst going over the NFL draft, taking place tomorrow, round one. All right, we mentioned the Jets a little bit, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to be moved back now because of the Rodgers trade from 13 to pick 15. Overall, it looks like you know you mentioned it, really not to, you know we're not looking at wide receivers early in this draft, maybe a little bit later in the first round. A lot of linemen here, offensive linemen, maybe expected to go where the Jets are picking at 15 or around there. What do you think the Jets will target, Mike? And what are we looking at as far as you know good value there at number 15?
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, I was part of a mock draft today. We were doing it over at DraftKings, and Darnell Wright, uh, the right tackle out of Tennessee, ended up falling to the Jets at that spot, and that would be an absolute coup for the Jets to be able to pull that off. Already working over on the right side, so you'd have him slot in there at a spot of need. And really, one of my favorite players to watch this year leading into the draft, he had played over on the left side earlier in his career, but then it all clicked for him this year over on the right. And even in an offense that goes up-tempo, he does things that translate to Sunday. He's incredibly powerful at his size, shoots out of his stance, he can get low and dick people out of there. He's got great hands and pass protection, and that's really your chief goal now is to make sure, like you said, you protect Aaron Rodgers long enough so he can get the ball to Alan Lazard, get the ball to Garrett Wilson and those guys, and so I think if it was able to shake out like that, he's going to be in that conversation with Roderick Jones, with Skoronsky out of Northwestern, and all these other guys for that top tackle spot, but I think there's a chance that he or one of those guys drops there that would be in great shape for the Jets.
0: If not one of those guys, any chance they go defense, and who would that guy be roughly around that 15 spot?
2: Yeah,
5: I mean, so if you're looking roughly around that spot, I would say now you're starting to be in range for either some of the secondary edge guys, and so I'm not sure for the Jets if like a Nolan Smith would fit in that range. He's a little bit more of a tweener as an edge guy. Uh, You'd have Luke Van Ness out of Iowa, who's a guy that didn't get as many snaps down in and down out with that team, but incredible physical profile, really freaky dude there. Miles Murphy out of Clemson, another edge rusher, bigger body guy, though incredibly impressive physical presence, even if he's not as twitchy of an athlete. So I think those are going to be the guys that are going to be available in that mid-range if the Jets were maybe looking to try and go defense on that side of the ball.
0: We'll talk with Mike Golick Jr. A couple more for you, Mike, before we let you go. We do appreciate your time. Mike Golick Jr., of course, analyst for DraftKings. How about the Giants? Unfamiliar territory. Giants picking so late in this first round here. Number 25 seems to be the popular thought that the Giants, look, we know they need receivers to help Daniel Jones out. Um, uh, They make the big trade uh, to bring in Waller from the Raiders but still could use a wide receiver. Is that where you have the Giants looking at wide receiver uh, this late in the draft?
5: Yeah, I would think so. And this year's class is so interesting at wide receiver because it's predominantly slot players, right? So when you look at uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbot of Ohio State is expected to be the top guy, but you even go down Dave Flowers out of Boston College as a speedster. I mean, really, there's only one or two guys that would even, you know, Quinton Johnston out of TCU is probably the only outside receiver that we'd expect to go off the board. And he's a guy that depending on what flavor of ice cream you like, could be available as we get later into the first round. But it's sort of a different class with that group, not extraordinary depth. And again, the top-end talent is all slot receivers, which, as we talk about in the NFL, very valuable in certain offenses, but still I don't think has that same top-end capital that people want to spend as an outside receiver who really bends the defense.
0: Give me one guy, Mike, who you expect to drop, or that you wouldn't touch. That's uh, you know expected to go maybe you know somewhere uh, in the top ten or something like that in this first round. One guy that maybe you expect to drop.
5: Well, you know what? Who I'm I'm excited to see if he drops or not because it's a big test on where we're at with the position. Is what happens with Bijan Robinson. Arguably one of the most talented players in this draft. I've seen some people mock him out at 10 to Philadelphia. An Eagles team that lost Miles Sanders off a really productive rushing attack that involved their quarterback last year, but it's also a position that people think, especially this year. Really deep running back class. One of the deeper position groups in the draft, along with, I think, corner and tight end. Would a team spend that kind of top-end capital, or are we going to watch him push to the back end of the first round, which still seems rare for running backs these days, but He's just such an unbelievably rare skill set. People have comped him to Saquon Barkley, but I even think he's a more physical downhill player than that because he was allowed to be for so much of college. Saquon was running for his life behind an offensive line that didn't block for him much. Bijan Robinson is capital S special, and I want to see if the NFL is still willing to treat a player at that position with that skill set in the top 10 range.
0: Wow, that's got to be tempting. If he's that special, as you say, I mean, man, if he could drop to 16 or something like that, that's that's crazy. you got to be tempted if you're a team uh, ahead of that. And then give me one guy, Mike, and we'll let you go after this one. Give me one guy who you think could be a sleeper in the first round. Who? Sleeper in the first round? Honestly. Honestly somebody that jumps I, up, you know, maybe that that's not expected to. I mean, I know well, that Will Levis, we were talking yeah, about that a little bit. You have anybody else? No.
5: Well, I, I really think like the guy's going to end up being whatever Nolan Smith becomes and if he lands in the right spot, because he is the freaky top-five talent, but he's at a weight at about 240, 239 that's a little bit of a tweener. Hassan Reddick really, I, I think, cracked open the cookie jar on that for him last year. In the last couple of seasons, what he's been able to do, especially with the Philadelphia Eagles this last year, to see if you can find a home for a player like that. Because in general, drafting Georgia defensive players, that blue-chip stock, that's like Alabama defensive back, LSU DB. You want those guys in your huddle because you know they come from fine pedigree. And that's the same with front seven players at Georgia. And so he's a guy that because of his size could fall a little bit. But, you know, the back end of the first round, you're dealing with teams that aren't as hamstrung as some of the really bad teams inside the top five, and maybe then you get in a situation where early he's a rotational guy, early you bring him in in specialized situations and allow him to develop more of an NFL body going forward and then maybe put that freaky skill set to, to, uh, to work that we saw wow everyone at the Combine.
0: Yeah, one of the mock drafts I'm looking at has my Atlanta Falcons taking Nolan Smith uh, right now at number eight, as a matter of fact. Mike Jr. of DraftKings. Mike, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. There you have it. A little bit on the NFL draft right there. Michael Jr. educating us. But, of course, this is a day about Aaron Rodgers. We'll continue with your calls on Aaron Rodgers in a little bit. Nick's right now headed to the fourth quarter. Up 12, so they're in good shape about to put this series away. Once that game goes final, we'll talk Knicks and talk some Mets and Yankees as well as we're going to 12 a.m. on this Wednesday night. Sal Akata on the fan. Sal Akata back on the fan. Marco brings up a good point. I mean, we got to have a, a, a better setup than just one TV in here. I mean, come on. This is the Carton and Roberts studio. Uh, why doesn't you got Craig any clout? Well, I don't. I, th- no, I don't. But I'm not in here with This is why I'd rather work from home. I got multiple TVs set up where I'm doing. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. You got Mets. We got the Knicks and Mets on. We can only watch one at a time here. And it's, uh, it's WFAN. It feels like 1992. Throw on. Right. Throw <laughs> on. Uh, come on. We got to get another TV. Uh, you know what? I'll buy the thing. But I got to be here enough to make use of it. You know, doing games. You offered that, not me. I mean, come on. I don't make well, the Lakata TVs, money. TVs are cheap now. I bet you I've spent more on pizza tonight than I would for, a t- for a TV. <laughs>
2: Three pies. Th- nice job. By it. Uh, thank did you. you have any of it?
0: I had a slice, yeah. Which, which sure. one did you go for?
2: Uh, I got just a regular plain slice because okay. I have a salad with me, so I oh, don't want to, okay. you know. All
0: right. No, God. Still got to well, eat my salad. Well, you know? Zoo and I got to take it down. I went. We had uh, one regular, one like square margarita, which I loved. Okay. And then tried a little vodka. Slight vodka Oh was that sauce? what that was I didn't Yeah, yeah. With the fresh mucs I didn't realize what it was Which one Did you have all three Zoo What did you think was the best
3: I went I liked the vodka slice man That, that was nice
0: Alright you had all three though Or no one uh, of each?
3: I only had the regular and the vodka. Oh,
0: you're not a grandma uh, margarita guy.
3: I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm into the margaritas. I almost said I'm into the grandma. Yeah, well,
0: that—that that, I mean, there's a different story, <laughs> and it had a different airwaves that we could discuss that on. Val is calling from the Bronx. Val, I appreciate waiting. Sorry to uh, have to do that to you, but Gola called in. I wanted to get to him, but anyway, you have the floor now, Val. Go ahead. Is Val there? The grandma. Oh, oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, I'm Hello? sorry. Go ahead, Val.
4: Yeah, I know I'm saying. I got me laughing. I'm chuckling over here with the into the grandmas and all that good stuff. (laughs) But, um, yo, no, but what I was saying, Sal, I just wanted to tell you thank you, man. Because, like I said, you talked me off the ledger that I'm glad, like you said, you know, I'm so happy about this Jets thing, man. The way you said, just hold the course. You're getting your guy. Just, Just relax. But, you know, the funny thing was, I was home today. Today was an off day. And I'm watching, you know, the, the, the press conference with the, the whole introduction and everything. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Salah's face, man, he's sitting down there and it's like you can see it's like he knows that he's got work to do now. You know what I'm saying? I heard Joe Douglas talk yesterday and he was saying some of the stuff that I said to you early on when this talk first started up. Because he said now that we have him in-house, you know, you could tell that they got other moves to make. There are other things that are going on out there that he has his eyes on. And everybody knows that Aaron's there. And we kind of have leverage with that, too, because you can hear him saying it, like, you know, people want to come here now. It's just a beautiful situation for us right now. I'm so looking forward. I even I work at MSK, like I told you before, and I'm still at that slot right now where I have to do like every other weekend. You know, I am so hoping to God that I get that call soon. And it better come before September when I get that call that I'm well for weekends, because based on your seniority, eventually they take you off. Now, be careful be
0: because the Jets are going to be playing a lot of Monday and maybe some Thursday nights as well. I mean, with the primetime schedule, your Sunday nights too. But, yeah, I mean, these are going to be must-watch games. You know that, Val. This well, is huge with, now. With,
4: with the Monday nights, I can always, you know, it's going to be once in a while I can take a day off here or there. But that every weekend, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to have to be – if they got me on weekends, it's going to be a call-out every Sunday. know that for <laughs> now. I'm saying it on the radio so my supervisors – His name is Rob. Everybody can hear it. Oh, I like it. Don't count on me. (laughs) Don't count on me being there on Sundays this season. I'm sorry. If I'm still on weekends, somebody else got to deal with 15 North. Get off (laughs) those
0: weekends, Val. Thank you for the call, and I appreciate checking in. As always, good to hear from you, uh, and good to hear from you in the evenings. I've lost uh, touch with a lot of the overnight callers being off the overnights for the last couple weeks. You guys, come on. Give me a call in the evenings here. Anyway, we appreciate that, Val, and good luck getting off that weekend schedule. I remember at Home Depot, I used to uh, tell them on Sundays I could not, I would not work past twelve thirty. You want to schedule me? Fine, I'll do like six a.m. to 12, 1230. That's it. I got to be out to make sure uh, I'm there for kickoff at one o'clock, and they did accommodate before I eventually uh, shut my load off and quit for good as I started working here for the fan. All right we'll get back uh, well we'll get back to your calls at some point next hour as I try to watch the end of the Nick game here. Marco will get you updated on that in just a minute. We'll talk with Brian Costello with the post more Aaron Rodgers coming up on the other side, Salicata on the fan.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?